0: Good morning, beautiful, wonderful people. Thank you for uh, being here this morning. Last week, I started this idea about remember me, remember me. And what we're doing is uh, talking about this moment of uh, that we all share together each week with in communion where we are remembering what the Lord has done, but wanting to sort of lay an extra layer to it to where it goes not, not just between remembering what the Lord has done and giving of thanks to him. But then we take it the next step to ask the Lord, while we're in that moment, who around me uh, can I also be a blessing to? And so it's this idea that communion, and not just we're using communion because that's a shared experience that we have every week, but you may spend some time on your way to work every day or on your way home every day or sometime during the day just spending some time with the Lord, thanking him for what he's done for you and through you and, and the blessings that you recognize in your life, that it not stop there, It doesn't stop with just, Lord, I recognize, you know, here's the blessings and here's the list of blessings that I want to thank you for. It's taking those blessings, looking at those blessings and asking yourself, how can I be a blessing to somebody else? So the Lord is not just blessing me, but the Lord is blessing through me. And that was the idea that we started with last week. Here was the bottom line of last week, that thanksgiving to him should lead to greater care for them and the them is whoever else is around us within our sphere of influence the people we recognize the people we can help and be a blessing to so thanksgiving to him our time of thanksgiving whether it's in the, at the time of the Lord's communion or whenever it is it should lead us to think beyond just us me and the lord so it's not this silo effect right it's not just up and down but it also spreads around here is the, uh, this week's part, uh, uh, continuation of the bottom line, and that is greater care for them uh, will lead to more thanksgiving to him. And this is the idea. And when we talk about more thanksgiving to him, it's not just the fact that you're going to thank the Lord more, but there's going to be more thanksgivers. You get it? So if the Lord's blessing me and I bless somebody else, maybe who doesn't know the Lord or unfamiliar with the things of the Lord, and then they find out who's blessed me and I share that with them, then they at some point in their life, they look to the same blesser. And now we've increased the number of people thanking the Lord, and that's the idea. So, Lord, I recognize what you've done in my life. I want to then share that blessing with others, and hopefully by that be able to share or to spread or to shine a light, as the Scripture says on these good works as I share them to others, causing those others to give glory unto God. The passage that, the passage that we used last week was 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and to this morning we're going to be in chapter 12 in just in a few minutes, but I just wanted to sort of recap with you for just a second. Remember, Paul writes this letter, 1 Corinthians, to the church at Corinth in the first century 2,000 years ago. And chapters 11, 12, 13, and 14 are sort of all about, hey, when we get together, when we're gathering together. And he says an amazing thing at the beginning of the passage that we brought to your attention last week was, he said, what we're doing, and he was talking about the Lord's communion and how it was being abused, he said, what we're doing, he said, it would be, he he said, we're worse off than than better for, for what we're doing here. And you think... You know, so that automatically then we should not do whatever it is that Paul says we're doing. But he said the way you're conducting yourselves during the Lord's Supper, during communion, he said it would be better if we didn't do it. Now why was that? What was happening was who, whatever status you were out there, outside the church walls, uh, then that was brought inside the church walls. And, and in the first century, everyone's sort of status was so much more pronounced to where they judged you and sort of uh, ranked you on a whole lot of stuff. Uh, they ranked you on who you were, who your family was, what your bank account said, what's, whatever status you held out there. And then inside, you were reminded of that. And if you had no status out there, they were being reminded of that inside the church walls. And so what was happening is in that particular culture, those who have the highest status got to eat first. And it was translating over into the Lord's Supper, can you imagine? To where the people like who were the you know, most well-known, the most accomplished, the most, you know, they held a title out there or whatever, they would get to eat first and then it would just trickle down from there. Well, what was happening was by the end of the Lord's Supper inside the church, there were some people that didn't even get to eat. Paul said, some of you are going home drunk, like full, and some of you are going home hungry. This is why he said, this is not good. He said, it would be better off if we didn't didn't do this. And so he talks about this idea of don't judge. And so what they were doing was they were judging each other, sort of like jockeying for position. Who should get to go first? Here at uh, our Lord's Supper, the way we prefer each other is basically whoever is closest to the table, right? I mean, that's how we decide. Now, gr- granted, in the 21st century, we don't have all of the schisms and the classes and all of that kind of a thing. We have this, you know, thanks be to God, this big, beautiful middle class that most of us fall in somewhere along the line. So we don't, ha- it's not as quite as pronounced uh, here in the 21st century. But the idea that Paul wanted to, was trying to convey to the folks at Corinth is, whatever the folks are experiencing out there, we're turning it upside down when we get in here. And those who don't get recognized out there, we want to make sure they get recognized in here when we come together. And this is why he says, I want you to prefer and honor one another, especially if they get no attention out there. And he talks to them about this phrase about discerning the body. Here was the verse that we used last week. He said, because you're not discerning the body. He said, if any of you are eating at the table unworthily, he uses this phrase unworthily. Now, we sort of automatically think, well, man, I'm not worthy to, you know, partake of the Lord's Supper because I know I've not been all of that. That's sort of almost the opposite of what he's talking about. Unworthily, as Paul's referring to it here, is if you think you are more worthy than somebody else. If you think that you should get to go in front of somebody else because you think you're better than somebody else, Paul would say, then you're the one coming to the table unworthily. The idea that you would say, I don't think I deserve it at all, it's like you're the best candidate for, then, the Lord's Supper. And he said, the fact that you're judging one another, and this is why he says in verse 28, then then examine yourself. And that's in contrast to what they were doing was they were examining each other. They were sort of sizing each other up, and it's like, "Hey, what's your last name? Where do you where do you work? What's your title?" Well, I'm more important than you out there, so I should get to go in front of you. Now, two thousand years later, we read that and we think that's just absolutely foolish. How in the world would that take place? But that's exactly what was taking place. And so last week we talked about where we're not to do that, right? We're to make sure that we are preferring each other. And Paul said. This is why some of you are sick and weak and some even sleep in the Lord or because you're judging each other, which causes uh, the Lord then to have to judge you. And you don't want the Lord to have to judge you because the Lord knows a whole lot more about you than the person that might be judging you back does, right? And so uh, this idea then, he, he carries this whole idea over to the next chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, this idea of discerning the body. And he talks about the church uh, being the body of Christ. It could be big C if you wanted to talk about that, the church as a whole, or we could talk about this particular body right here. And what he says is, he says, I want you to be able to discern when we come together how we're supposed to honor one another and prefer one another. Now before uh, verse 18 that you see here on the slide or that you're looking at on your phone or your Bible or whatever it is, before verse 18 he actually talks about gifting. So he says we need to understand and discover our own gifts. I think we'll talk a little more about that this week in community group. But we come together and we understand that God gifts some of us with a different gift set and it's those gift sets that we should be able to express together when we come together as a church. And not just, well, I'm somebody out there, therefore I'm somebody in here. Now, you may have a leadership gift set out there, and it's afforded you a a, a nice life. We would be foolish not to take advantage of that inside the church. And so you'll probably find yourself at some point leading inside the church, just like you did out there. Not because, though, of your status, but because how God has gifted you. But there'll be others who will have a gift set of behind-the-scenes kind of work. Those are the ones who, and they they are happy to be there. That's their thing. Those will be the ones who don't necessarily get all the attention because they're behind-the-scenes kind of servants. But the Lord said, when we come together, we want to make sure those people are the ones that we make sure get honor. He says it like this. God has arranged the members in the body, each of them as he chose, giving us all sets of different gifts. As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. To sort of counter yourself or contrast yourself with somebody else in the church, we're just doing ourselves harm. Verse 22, on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker, that seem to be not are, but seem to be weaker are actually indispensable. Indispensable. The people who play the behind-the-scenes role in a church setting, and whether it's, I'm basically talking here about what we do on Sundays, but our church goes beyond a Sunday experience here. We're involved in a thermal shelter and, and Habitat for Humanity and Angel Tree, as you'll hear about a little bit. I mean, so our service goes beyond the work here. But the idea here is the folks that you probably don't see on a, on a regular Sunday basis, who don't have a mic and standing under lights, are actually the ones that are more indispensable. They play the the behind-the-scenes roles. Verse 23, and on those parts of the body, what? The ones that we seem to say are like are behind-the-scenes folks. On those parts of the body, we think less honorable. We want to bestow greater honor. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care one for another. What Paul is saying is, look, out there in the dog-eat-dog world, we understand what it is to sort of be ranked and to sort of be, you know, if you know if you know, like it's all in who you know, and it's the, and all the names that you're able to drop, and you got ahead this way, and you got ahead that way, and there's a whole lot of folks get ignored that maybe shouldn't get ignored, and we get that sort of rat race kind of an idea to let that come into the church. This is what Paul was writing against. It's supposed to be something completely different in here to where we applaud and bring attention to those who play uh, behind the scenes, those who have that servant kind of mentality. So it's more of the, not the status of a person, but the spirit of a person. And that spirit of a person is uh, what we're longing for and what we all want to applaud is when they have that servant's heart, as Jesus himself did. That person may be of someone of high regard in the community. Uh, and that's not to say because they're high regard in the community then we automatically want to ignore them when they show up here. No, that's not it at all. It's just saying let's make sure that we shed the right light and honor those who are serving behind the scenes. As I was uh, preparing these notes, these thoughts, a fellow came to mind. Uh, there's several folks right here at our church that come to mind that I would like to say, but then when you start naming people in the church, then you didn't name everybody and you know how that goes. But there was a guy that uh, when I, uh, my first interim that I got to, uh, to uh, serve at up in uh, Pennsylvania a couple of years ago, I went up and I heard the guy's name before I got to meet the guy. So I went up and met with the pastor search team and they interviewed me and I went up and we had lunch together and had an interview together, and they kept they kept talking about this guy named Reed. So Reed was uh elder, though that's not what they called him there, but he was like the head of the leadership team. He was the head elder there. He was the adult Sunday school teacher, and I just kept hearing his name quite a bit, even though he wasn't he wasn't able to uh, be at the first meetings with us. And so the cynical preacher brain that I have, I thought to myself, oh man, I'm probably going to butt heads with Reed because he just his name just kept coming up so much. Well, we'll have to run that past Reed. Well, we'll have to see what Reed thinks about that. And you say, well, why would would you you automatically just, you know, think that and just call it preacher's intuition, and I'll be the first to tell you I'm usually wrong about those things, but that's just the way my mind runs. But what I did think was, I want to get to know Reed. I need to meet Reed. I want to see if Reed and I can work together. I wasn't going to be there long, but while we're here, I want us to be able to work together. So at that time, I was driving up from Stephen City up there on Sunday mornings, and I thought, I need to get there a little bit early and I, I want to catch him. First, one of the first times, I'd seen him before that, but one of the first times that I was able to actually have some time to speak with him, I was coming down the hallway and he was coming this way. And what I wasn't paying attention to was he was swinging a plunger. And, uh, I, and, and he just, uh, he was heading into the men's bathroom. And he had this little laugh about him and he says, Those kids. And he was going into the men's bathroom with the plunger, right? I thought at that time, it's probably not the best time to aggravate Reed, and I'd let him do whatever Reed's got to do in that men's bathroom, because he might need some help. And if he needs some help, you get caught in the men's bathroom with somebody else with a plunger, and then you know what's going to take place. you got to help the guy unclog the toilet. And I just thought, hey, we'll just let Reed be Reed, right? So, uh Uh, So we just, I just let Reed be Reed. I thought, I'll catch him afterwards. Afterwards, I'm standing in the hallway introducing myself to people and people introducing themselves to me. And I'm in the hallway looking into the gymnasium fellowship hall and I'm thinking, man, I, and I was, I know I was probably ignoring folks, but I kept my eyes on Reed because I wanted to get to him before he got away uh, that morning. And I noticed he started stacking chairs. And I thought, okay, I got a little time. I'd turn around and talk. I'd look back in there. And then finally, he was no longer stacking chairs. Now he was folding tables. And then I turned back around and talked and introduced myself. And I looked back in there. Now he's sweeping. He's with a big dust mop going back. And Reed's a retired principal of a school in the area with a wonderful, outstanding citizen in the community, Sunday school teacher, elder. And he's just in there just cleaning and swiping and wiping. And I'm thinking, I got to get in there to him. And I look back in there again and now he's pulling out trash cans and wrapping trash cans and the little spirit a little birdie spoke to me and said you're not going to butt heads with this guy and I thought you know you're right and you could just tell with his spirit and not only on Sundays this guy was there all the time and he wasn't like an employee or anything he was a retired principal in the community and he was just around all the time in so much that I got to I got to thinking do we pay him? do we pay this guy anything? And maybe that's why he's around. Maybe he needs some extra cash. Maybe he's just hoping at one point somebody will recognize all the works that he's... And he was—he had been with the church the entire uh, life of the church. He had started with the church 10 years early. He'd been there the whole time. I asked the secretary once, or not the secretary, but uh, somebody that would know, I said, uh, do we pay Reed anything? And she giggled a little bit and said, no, we don't pay him anything. Now, I didn't know why she giggled. I thought... You know, is it just funny that we would pay anybody? Or, you know, why are you giggling? But I just uh, dropped it, and I thought, I'm sure he could use some extra money, right? I mean, who couldn't use a little extra few extra dollars? And, man, he's just here all the time, just all the time working, all the time cleaning, all the time doing something. So I thought, you know, I'm going to catch him out in the parking lot during the week when I know he'll be here, and I know about what time he shows up. So I just hovered around the front doors, big glass doors I could watch people pull in, and I thought... I'll catch him, and I'll catch him outside, and it won't make it awkward, and I'm just going to ask him, you know, Can you, could you use a few extra bucks? And I, so I'm sitting here watching, and all of a sudden, this little nice, n- nice, new, shiny red Corvette pops up into the parking lot, and Reed pops out, singing and humming, big smile on his face. And then I, the, my next thought was, I wonder if he could spare a few bucks, right? Because let's just turn this thing around. I don't know what they pay those retired principals up there in Pennsylvania, but uh, he's invested quite well. He just had this uh, so he didn't eat it didn't need it and uh, and you know so many things in there at that church you could point at and you, you sort of knew who who provided. So it wasn't about status, it wasn't about what he had or who he was outside there. It was about the spirit of the guy that that just endeared my heart to him. And dear friend, as I bring the attention of a fellow that you do not know that's up in a neighboring state, I want you to know, whether you do or not, you are sitting in a church full of folks just like that, an army of people who don't get the same attention every week. They're not standing under a light with a microphone, but they are an army of folks who make the who make the magic happen here for us not just here every week but it allows our church to be more of what we want to be even out in the community and i just wanted to uh, take just a second to remind you of because if you if you just uh you know sort of come in and go out on a Sunday you don't think necessarily about all the things that happen around here that wouldn't happen if we didn't have an army of uh, servant hearted people to make them happen they show up early they set signs out they fold bulletins they help they do they go they clean up afterwards they carry in a a a truckload of food every morning for all of us so we can pile up our little plates and come in here, right? And then the coffee. And you know how much coffee we go through on a Sunday morning around here? And it's here early and it's here late. And so many folks are surprised sometimes, especially when they're visiting maybe from other churches. Like, hey, can we take it inside? Yes, feel free to take it inside. And it's just an army of people that do that. They clean our bathrooms. And here's the thing, they change dirty diapers of kids that aren't theirs. And to me, I told you last week I wanted to introduce you to the real rock stars of our church. Here it is. If you've changed the dirty diaper of a kid that's not yours, raise your hand in the building. See all these hands up? Here are the rock stars. You say, well, you know, they're all mamas and they're all used to it. And I I understand all of that. I'm not saying that they hate it. I'm just saying, when I woke up this morning, I was excited to come to church. If you put in the idea that I was going to be changing some kids' diapers at church, it might change the algorithm a little bit about me being excited to come to church, right? But they do. All these dear folks uh, wears uh, these uh, light blue uh, shirts that, A, we want you to know that they've been a background check because they're working with all of our kids. But the idea is they're an army of people that make everything around here happen. So Paul says, when we come together, let's make sure that we honor those who are uh, sort of in the background, those who don't always get all the attention. Let us make sure that those dear folk, uh, that those dear folk are the ones that we pay attention to. And then here's the thing. We take that spirit and then we go out in the world around us. So we want that same spirit of recognizing the people that are in those behind-the-scenes roles that make the biggest difference. And we want to do that when we go out and, out and about in the world. Matthew says it like this, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. What are those good works? Blessing the people around you recognizing the blessings that God has been in your life and then blessing those out there around you, that they may see your good works. And the beautiful thing about this verse, the your there is this plural collective your, that they would see our good works and then do what? Glorify our Father which is in heaven. Dear friend, like this is the ultimate of thanksgiving. Not just me thanking the Lord, but me thanking the Lord for my blessing, turning around then using my blessing towards you, introducing you then to the Lord of the blessing, and now you're blessing the Lord and you're praising the Lord as well. That is the ultimate. I, I uh, would say it like this in three levels of thanksgiving. First is to thank him. During communion time, there's not a thing wrong with and everything right about you taking a moment, remembering what God has done for you and been for you, saving your soul, blessing your life, and Lord, I want to express my thanksgiving to you. This is wonderful and good. I put it at number three, not because we want to get rid of it when we go to number two, but to me, it's like the foundation, right? The second thing is to thank them. Who's them? These are his kids think is kids and especially the kids that don't always get the attention because their gifting doesn't necessarily put them under a spotlight. Mamas and dads would understand this with if you got uh, multiple kids and one kid seems to always be getting the attention because we give the attention to whatever that kid just happens to be able to do. Sometimes it may be sports or athletics or smarts or whatever and so that kid has a room full of trophies and Uh, all of that, and maybe the other child or children, that's not their thing. They're a little more, you know, creative, contemplative. They're a little more to themselves. They don't get the attention. Ask any mom or dad when that kid who doesn't typically get the attention gets some attention, how that makes that mom or dad's heart feel. It's like, yes, because they're not always in the spotlight, and then ask anybody, ask any parent, it, would you rather me compliment you or compliment your kids? Well, we all know, right? We all know. Man, to say something good about my kids, I've got four of them, and I rarely ever hear anything good about them. But when I do, <laughs> boy, it just fills my heart, right? And, that, and I'm, I'm not being honest about that part. I'm being honest about the part I would rather you compliment them or thank them. Or to to say something to me about them in a complimentary way? I mean, oh man, my heart just swells. So yeah, thank the Lord. But then also thank the Lord's kids. And especially those maybe who don't get the attention a lot. Here's the ultimate or the pinnacle of it. Help them thank him. So what we're talking about in the ancient world is this idea of a circle of grace. So the greatest compliment you could pay to a benefactor, somebody that was in a town or a village who had built a utility for you or built a a community building for you, is to help somebody else that didn't know that to know that. It's like increasing the fan base, if you will. So I I, uh, received the blessing from the Lord. Uh, and it comes down to me, then I share that blessing in some way because of the blessings that I feel from the Lord. I share that blessing with somebody else maybe who doesn't know the Lord. And in turn, that individual begins to know the Lord because of the blessings that they've received of me, but actually the blessings they've received of me have come from the Lord. And then in return, those folk then begin to praise the Lord. This is, what the, this is what those folks in the first century called the circle of grace. In other words, the thank you really wasn't complete. The appreciation really wasn't completed until I shared the blessing that I received or that I recognized from the Lord with somebody else and got that somebody else to recognizing the one who had done the blessing, the one who's been the benefactor. And it sort of completes the whole thing. To me, this is this is like, um, yeah, Thanksgiving, graduated Thanksgiving, to where we're not only giving thanks, but we're actually increasing thanksgivers, right? So here's my suggestion for you. We're going to take communion in just in a few moments. During that moment of communion, as you thank the Lord for what He's done for you and think about what the Lord has done for you, just ask yourself, how can those blessings be translated into being a blessing for somebody else around me? That would be a great, uh, that would just, that would make all of the efforts worthwhile if we can capture that spirit. Is there anybody in our circles, whether we go out to the restaurants or wherever it is, uh, pay, attention to the, pay attention to the dear people who don't always get the attention and make sure we show appreciation for the ones who don't always uh, have the spotlight on them. The, the truth of the matter, if they're living within their giftedness, the spotlight has nothing to do with it because depending upon their giftedness, the spot the, the, they would hate the spotlight. But we want to recognize it anyway because even though they would hate the spotlight, nobody hates appreciation. Nobody hates showing some gratitude. Nobody hates a, hey, man, just thanks for what you do around here. Everybody can use that, and that can be a blessing to everybody. Would you uh, bow your heads with me, please, for just a moment? Let's pray together. We're going to uh, do communion. We've got a couple of uh, more announcements to take an offering, and at the end of it all. As most folks are walking out, there'll be some people standing up on both sides of the stage up here, down on the floor. And I just want you to, uh, and and Pastor Eric will mention it even right at the end of the service, but if you're here this morning with a, and you carried in a, a burden upon your heart, we would just like to pray with you about that. And you can ask us to share that with others, or you could just keep that between you and the person that you're praying with. But we just we don't want you to leave with the same burden level that you came in with, and we'd like to pray with you about that. So, as most folk will be walking out at the end, uh, I would just encourage you to hang around, stick around, and uh, or if about this matter of you know this relationship with the Lord, if all that seems foreign to you, and you know a personal salvation or a personal relationship, and you've heard about it, and you've heard some celebrity or some athlete, you know, uh, think uh, Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, and that's just you know, you've heard it, but that doesn't resonate with you. And is there something to that? Yes, there is. And we'd love to talk to you about that. Father, bless, I pray, this moment. Bless, I pray your word that as as it goes forth, help us, uh, dear God, to be mindful and sensitive to all the people around us, uh, Lord, who serve us as we're uh, the waitress, I think, of Lord of the waiter at the the, uh, restaurant that we'll attend. Uh, Sometimes, Lord, when we go to a a hotel, the dear folk that clean our rooms, we walk right past them. Lord, make sure that we just help us to walk around with a heart of gratitude for the people uh, who who have servants' hearts. And then, Lord, most importantly, that we would be that to each other, Lord, within this room, uh, that we would show the example here and carry it forth out there in Christ's name. Amen.